Hey, beautiful young adults. So I am recording this introduction um, just about five days after we originally recorded this episode of Table Talk. Um, I'm recording it in my basement suite right now um, on my husband's microphone, but the clip you're going to hear um, just after this does not sound as beautiful as this microphone. Um, unfortunately, the sound we recorded had a lot of typing in the background, had a lot of water bottles being put on the table, even had some people walking in the hallways, but um, I think it's wonderful conversation and I still want to post it. So I hope you can bear with the fuzz in the background and hopefully our next episode of Table Talk will sound a little bit nicer, will sound a little bit more clean and crisp like this introduction is. Um, but yep, I look forward to you guys hearing this great conversation that I had with Stephen and Mackenzie about um, October 2020's um, table sermon. So yep, here you go. Hello, beautiful young adults. My name is Elisa Humphreys, and I am here with Stephen and Mackenzie. And welcome to the second episode of Table Talk. Part Take two. Take two. Take two. So, um, uh, my SD card is full. Um, it may have vacation pictures on it. I'm not sure. Um, but I am currently using the other SD card, which has, I think, only 10% of it being used. So we should be good. Um, but yeah, take two. We were definitely eh, about two, not two thirds, probably like halfway through this podcast, maybe just a little bit more, and I noticed that we weren't recording anymore, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here at Bula, sitting in room 110. If you don't know where that is, that's at the end of the hall in Kid Zone. It's uh, Tuesday, just a couple days after our last table and social event, and you two were both there. I was, in fact, in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. We were all socially distanced by six feet, all in our plastic chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, we've decided that we're going to be calling the table now the chair. Because there were no tables. There were no tables at the table. We made that joke the first time, and it was a lot of funny. I think it still works. There were no tables at the table. Yeah. And so now this is called chair talk instead of table talk. Actually, Mackenzie and Steven just met tonight, which is super fun. Um, so they introduced themselves to each other the first time. Now they'll introduce themselves to you. So Steven, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Steven. I am six foot one, <laughs> more than 120 pounds. Um, I'm a second year business student at the U of A. Uh, I'm one of the co-leaders of the Brasso House. Uh, and what do I do for fun? I read my Bible, oh. I go to the gym, and when it's snowy outside, I go skiing. That's my life. Fun. Yeah. I made a comment I'll probably end up going skiing with Steven sometime this winter. Yes. But we're both broke, so we'll see. Yes. Um, more than 120 pounds. I don't think I've weighed 120 pounds since like, the eighth grade. I, think, yeah. so I remember some kid was like bragging about like hitting 120 pounds in the second grade, and I was like, oh, you need to chill out. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just remember like wanting to, get to wanting to get to 100 so bad so I could ride the pink yeah. loop slide at the water park. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd step on that scale like every few months, and I'd be like, dang it, like I am not 100 pounds yet, and uh, I couldn't go. Oh my god. Okay, Mackenzie, tell us about yourself. 
I am Mackenzie. I am newly a weeb as I was recently married and as every Christian newly married couple will say, married life is the best. Um, Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just everyone does every Instagram post. Um, <laughs> I, Are you here like, not true? It's not the best. Not true. Married life sucks. <laughs> I love flipping socks inside out. It's my favorite thing it's about married life. Um... <laughs> I am a medical office assistant in a specialist clinic. Um, I lead, partly lead, West One. Uh, we meet on Monday nights, and they're really awesome. And for fun, I watch a lot of Netflix. I've been binge-watching New Girl with my husband, which has been absolutely wonderful. And then amongst watching Ultimate Beastmasters, which is less Great. <laughs> fun. I can only get Drayton to watch New Girl because it has Zoe Deschanel in it. That's the only mm. reason. So I stopped watching. Just kidding. Who is that? This the... She's the one with the bangs. She's the lady who looks like Katy Perry and has the bangs. Oh. The one with the eyes. Um, that looks like The Katie manic Perry. pixie dream girl in uh, 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Elisa Humphreys. Uh, you guys know me as the Young Adults Ministry Assistant here at Beulah. Um, I've been attending Beulah since we figured it out, since I was seven years old. I took a uh, probably about eight year break to go to Crosspoint, which is a church plant out of Beulah. Um, but now I'm back and I work here. Um, I've been here for just over a year on contract and before that I was just interning underneath Joel and Chris in the youth department and I love my job and I love Beulah. Beulah is a great church and I love how such a big place can feel like home. I am in my fourth year um, at Vanguard College for my biblical theology degree and I am just waiting for that to be done. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been a long road. We're almost there. Um, yeah, so that's that's me a little bit. I don't know. I don't usually get to share about myself, so that was nice. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm married too, and married life is the best. Um, so we, uh, from Stu, got a wonderful sermon called In the East. Um, we're still going through the theme of exile, um, which is our theme of the year, um, faith in exile. Uh, so we went through Genesis mostly for this message and uh, saw different themes of exile within it as well as a movement eastward, um, which is something that I've actually never picked up on before. So I'm gonna kind of go through the story with you guys. We've done this before. Um, this <laughs> feels familiar, it's like deja vu. Yeah, it's deja vu. We're gonna go through a little bit of uh, you know, the book of Genesis and the small stories that kind of point out a theme of exile and then make some comments on them. So we start with uh, Genesis 1-1. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And Stu talks about um, how exile is kind of this formless void, this kind of emptiness. So I'm wondering I, uh, where you guys have seen this kind of theme of exile before. Have you seen the wilderness, the emptiness in a way, as an exile before? 
I've personally never studied the idea of an exile. It's always been wilderness for me, um, and the idea of the, that the wilderness is a place you go that it's oftentimes difficult, um, but you kind of lean into God the most there, and you come out a lot stronger uh, than you were beforehand. Um, but as far as exile goes, it's never something that I've really studied uh, in the Bible. No. I mean, the only ever situation of exile I can think of is like Exodus. <laughs> it's like about the only experience I have with exile in particular. So I found it very interesting to be brought with the idea that exile is present in the very beginning of the Bible in the first couple of verses. So. Um, I mean, I haven't particularly studied exile. I didn't go to Bible school, so I will be a little less knowledgeable here, but nonetheless passionate. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really notice it. Yeah, uh, Stu mentions uh, the Hebrew word of that kind of formless void being almost waste or like wasteland, um, which is interesting. You don't think of it as that. In my head, it's just black. Mm-hmm. But it's not even black because it's nothing. It's like Mad Max. <laughs> that was my first thought, waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see that as almost an emptiness or an exile. So we go on to the story of Adam and Eve. Um, obviously, they're created. They are given the blessing of um, living forever and living in the Garden of Eden and all that stuff being in relationship with God, and um, then they sin, and we have the um, fall, and because of their sin, they are exiled eastward out of um, the Garden of Eden. They're driven out of it. Um, So, have you guys seen, obviously, exile is still a pretty new thing to you guys. Have you seen this kind of theme of going east before at all? I mean, that's not something I've really ever noticed. I think I focus a lot on the dialogue that happens in the Old Testament because it's really easy to get lost in everything in between what's happening between people, at least for myself. Um, So I've never noticed it, but I think Stu mentioned it. Whenever the Bible tends to mention things more than once, it's like you should really pay attention to what it's saying. And so I think going forward, I'll be a lot more conscious of mentioning east but not until that point i haven't noticed yeah for me i've never looked at it in the way that Stu put it Uh, for me east and west was always a contrast between the ancient near east and western culture nowadays um and that mostly like symbols are different Um, like we think of blood as like a sign of death whereas back then blood was a sign of life um but yeah never in the context that uh, Stu had put east and west in yeah Yeah, I was saying earlier that uh, just from Bible school and stuff like that, I definitely heard the big God story of, you know, the theme of exile, but I never put together the East and West thing. Like, I have a map in my head of where everybody went, but the actual (laughs) finally understanding that, wait, they're always going East when they're going through this kind of exile, you know, being driven out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It always ends up being east. So that was interesting to see. Um, So continuing on, Cain kills Abel uh, because of a uh, little scuffle (laughs) over um, blessings and things of that sort. 
And because of Cain murdering his um, brother, he gets exiled eastward towards the land of Nod. Um, so there's another exile and another east. Um, so then from there, we continue on with a couple of more stories, but I think the next one that's a key uh, story would be the Tower of Babel Babel. Ba- Babel. <laughs> Babel. Yeah, I'm going to go with Babel. Mostly because, I don't know, Babylon, when you're babbling on. Yep. And, you know, God kind of confuses them in their speech. Um, but yeah, you've got these guys. Uh, they all speak the same language. And they're like, let's, let's make bricks and build a gigantic tower. Um, and they mostly did it for their own glory, right? Uh, they really just wanted everyone to know them as the place with the giant tower uh, that stretched to heaven. And yet, um, at the end of the day, as Stu had touched on, God had to come down, uh, which is kind of funny, as Stu had pointed out, uh, that God wasn't tall enough, apparently. Uh, and God kind of said, this isn't all right, uh, and scattered them around the earth and changed up their speech. Um, and it's, it's one of those stories that when you first read it, you're almost like, what on earth is going on? Um, and why does God care so much? Uh, and that's why I love the way that Stu phrased it, that, it's, that it is almost a sign of God's grace. Um, and that they could spend years, decades, and a millennia on this tower, but it's never going to reach up to heaven. Uh, and so God's almost just saving them uh, from their own self-interest. I don't know if that's, if that's the right word to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those stories, I mean, if you've read the full Old Testament, uh, Elisa and I absolutely love it, um, but it's just one of those things that you you read it, and you kind of go over it the first time, and then you're like, hold on a second, and then you reread it, and then you're kind of like, what on earth is going on? Um, and I, I've come across that so many times in the Old Testament, there's some really funky laws in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the Old Testament, too. It's... I love the idea of a big story and these tiny little um, prophecies and these little connections that make up a big story. People are going to hate that I make this connection, but I was really into Harry Potter when I was young, and I know I sound like a total Satanist to relate Harry Potter to the Bible, but hear me out, okay? Loved how there were all these prophecies that happened literally before Harry Potter was born um, that kind of predict his life. and everything just kind of falls into place and you know prophecies happen and Voldemort dies in the end things like that but I loved that and then as I got older and started studying the Bible more in depth I was kind of like hey the thing I loved about Harry Potter literally happened legit real life in the Old Testament and it helped me fall in love with the Old Testament so much more so don't don't kill me for making that reference, okay? Um, I promise that I love the Bible more than I love the Harry Potter series, but <laughs> I just love this big God story that is created. Mm-hmm. So that's that. <laughs> so back to the Tower of Babel, babbling on um, about Harry Potter. Let's go back to the Tower of Babel, uh, which was also in the East, by the way. Um, God confused and scattered the people, um, making another kind of exile. Um, have you guys viewed this story as an exile in the past? Have you seen it in that light? I mean, for me, not entirely. I think, like, I went to a Christian school from kindergarten to grade 12, so we did study the Bible. We didn't really 
talk about the Tower of Babel much. I'm on Team Babel, just to clarify. I'm sorry, I'm the no, outcast. We're all at the inclusive table. here at the table. Okay, perfect. The chair, it's the chair. It's we're the right. Chair. We are inclusive at the chairs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's again for me, the exile theme isn't something that was brought up much, so I never really viewed it as that. I think there's so much that happens in the Old Testament that it's difficult to remember details of every story. And the story of the Tower of Babel, I feel like, was one of those where it was truly just God having grace on the people and saving them by being like, okay, so you're not going to be able to understand each other. Go out and live your life. Um, But I don't know. I've never considered it to be a story of exile. It's just kind of God sending them out in not like a missionary way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the concept is there, but I've never used the word exile. It's always just been, well, I guess as the verse said, God scattered them, uh, and that's kind of the way that I've just viewed it. Mm-hmm. But makes sense. Okay, um, so things happen, life goes on, um, but we later see Abraham, who's a descendant of Noah, um, returning to the west from the east to the west to later what will be known as the Promised Land. Um, So Stu kind of talked about this kind of flow of uh, the way that exile works in a way. I don't know what it would be called specifically, Um, but it's almost a circle in a way or I kind of, yes. So there's, (laughs) there are four points um, that happen. Creation slash return. Um, and you'll see why in a second it says return. So creation, and then blessing, abuse of the blessing, exile, and then back to return. And then it would be return, blessing, abuse of the blessing, exile. Um, So looking at, let's go to Adam and Eve um, and their story. How do you guys see this kind of flow of creation and then blessing, abuse of the blessing, exile, and then finally a return. How do you see that coming about through Adam and Eve's story? We can start with Mackenzie. You can talk about creation and blessing. And then Stephen, you can talk about abuse of the blessing and exile. And I can bring it home and talk about return. Because I think that going through the story of Adam and Eve is really just setting out the big God story of what this kind of flow chart and how that works. So I think, yeah, if we do that, then mm-hmm. it'll help you guys understand this kind of flow of, um, again, creation, blessing, abuse of the blessing, exile, and then return. And then blessing, abuse of the blessing, exile, return. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go and talk about, I guess, creation and blessing in the Adam and Eve story? Yeah, I mean, I guess God has this big beautiful place he creates the earth and has all of this these creatures and this wildlife and plants and all of this and he decides that he wants man to take care of it so he creates Adam and then he decides that he can't be by himself so he creates woman as well and I mean that's he's Ben's the beginning of the Bible just creating, so I feel like it's the easiest to understand creation because it's where creation started. And he sticks them in the Garden of Eden where it's just the entire place is 
a blessing to live in. There's no sin, there's no pain, there's no fear, there's only goodness and life in abundance, except for the one place where they can't touch. But nonetheless, there's just this entire bounty of places to go to and goodness and such closeness with God minus the one thing that he just says, hey, don't do this. You can have all of this, but just don't eat from this tree. And yeah, you have the blessing and just the tiny little caveat in the middle of it that ultimately they kind of end up abusing. But that's not my point to speak on, so <laughs> I'll pass it on. You can you can cut this out. Are we saying the blessing is just all the stuff, or is because I almost view free will as the blessing? Or what do you oh. think? Fascinating. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess that would be a blessing. Because I feel like he didn't bless them with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Because that was it was almost a choice. Yeah. Or would that would giving that tree be a blessing that you can choose to do it or not? And I guess not doing it would be the blessing? Well, because not doing it is saying, God, I trust you. Yeah. So is having the choice to trust in God a blessing? I think so. I yeah. think the relationship with God I mean, is yes. a blessing. <laughs> like, <laughs> on, on the basis of it, yeah. yes, that's yeah. a blessing. But is that the blessing? I guess it would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because what are they abusing, right? Are they abusing just God's creation then at that point? Yeah, I guess. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's abuse of the blessing, not just sinning. Yeah, because yeah, I'd always looked at it as what, like they called it the Exodus cycle mm-hmm. at Bible school because it was mainly confined to the book of Exodus where it was right. just like God's like, here's some stuff, and then it's like oh, yeah. thanks God, but we're going to do it our own way, and then he's like, yeah. alright, here's your punishment, and they're like no God, we're so sorry, and then he's like alright, fine, I forgive you, <laughs> yeah. here's more stuff, and they're like, oh, thanks God, you're awesome and then they forget, and then it's just yeah. round and round and yeah. round I'm gesturing with my hand, but yes, yes. He's, he's doing a circle with his yes. See that with your mind. Um, so what do we want to go with? No, as the I think blessing. that's good. Yeah? Please, I'm gonna keep that whole thing in because yeah, <laughs> yeah. you opened up my brain. Because yeah, I I just am automatically like, it's creation blessing, sin, and then exile. Mm-hmm. But it's abuse of the blessing, which would be yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I, I don't know, I have my Bible school notes, so I sound really smart, but uh, it's... <laughs> but it's not his work. It's no, his it's, it's my teacher's work, but they're just taking it from Jesus and the Bible, so yeah. Jesus is the ultimate teacher. Uh, my goodness. But, uh, we are in a Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, I'm plagiarizing this from Jesus, so thank you. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think a huge part of the tree of knowledge of good and evil isn't just that, like, they get to choose between good and evil, but it's that like, as Christians, we aren't told to just like be good. It isn't all just like, hey, don't sin. It's, no, 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 you need to follow God. And it's rather than being like good conscious, they should have been God conscious. And they should have been like, God, how do you want me to live my life? Because God's saying there's this tree and if you want to go your own way, you totally can. And you can go grab the fruit from that tree and you can eat it. Or you can just live as I've intended and you can follow me. Uh, and so they took God's free will and all the amazing blessings that came out along with his free will, that being everything else in the garden, and they kind of threw it away for the chance to go their own way. Yeah. And so I guess that's where you get your abuse of the blessing, right? And then, as we know the story, they are then exiled east, there you go, Stu, from the garden. <laughs> uh, and then I'll 
bring it back to Elisa for creation and return. Yes. So, big God story. The return is eventually us returning to this place where there is no fear, no sadness, no pain. This uh, place where we can be in a full relationship with God, um, a place with no sin. And that only comes um, through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. And that in of itself, this return is only made possible through him. And us returning is receiving a blessing at the same time. You know, you get the blessing of an eternal life with Jesus um, in that way. And from there, the cycle is cut off. There's no more abuse of the blessing. There's no more exile. Um, and this is why um, we ourselves can look at, we can see ourselves as exiles, where right now we're in a place where, um, you know, it, we're in the um, now but not yet. I think that's how it is. That wow. sounds right. Yes, already but not yet. We have the blessing and the knowledge and the relationship with the Holy Spirit here on earth now. We have this assurance of an eternal life with Christ, um, but that has not yet happened. So we are almost in this place of exile, knowing that there will be a return and there will be a blessing. And there will no longer be the even ability to have an abuse of the blessing because we'll be in a place and you have a new earth um, in that way. So that's kind of that. Do you guys have any comments on our little flow chart, Stephen? No, I think I mentioned the Exodus cycle already. But, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's the only other place that I'd heard of it being. But of course, it is It is obviously a thing throughout the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is the entire thing is just a giant picture of God's grace, I think. And mm-hmm. I don't know there's too much more you can put on that. Yeah, we can see this. Um, cycle in our own lives i'm sure too of hey god creates this thing for you and you're blessed with it and you don't use it properly (laughs) you end up losing it and then you know you return back to him and in that way you get the blessing again Mm -hmm. um different things in that way but we do have to return in a way and come back um and not always is that um just left to God alone, we have to step into that and allow the return to happen. This is kind of the big um, summary key point I found in Stu's notes. Exile is the result of mankind's sin and an act of God's grace. God brings life out of exile. Um, So where is God's grace? Let's do, I think you guys did a good job of the Tower of um, Babel. Uh, explaining, I think you did it, Mackenzie, just explaining that uh, in order to keep the people from just wasting their time and trying to be like God, instead he, you know, gave them these languages and scattered them in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of his grace in that um, when he could have just, you know, knocked over the whole tower with all of them on it. <laughs> just <laughs> kill them all. Um, and Adam and Eve as well. God's grace, um, maybe not for... I guess they were still allowed to live outside of um, the Garden of Eden, but later on through their story, we have God's grace of, you know, the ability to um, have our sins atoned for. Um, But let's do the kind of Cain and Abel story. Where is kind of God's grace in that, do you see? 
just gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I joke. We joke about it in our young adults group, but uh, the fact that like, well, did Kane really know what would happen if he like hit Abel over the head with a rock? Like, no one had ever died before, right? Like, <laughs> how how was he supposed to know what was gonna happen? Yeah. Um, but Never thought about I don't know. That. Whenever I talk about grace, it's always just. <laughs> Like, we all know the verse is just the for the wages. I don't know, maybe he thought all humans were immortal and that they just weren't gonna die. Maybe. You know? I don't know. I guess, uh... Except when God said you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what that looks like. Oh my god. Just go to sleep. Back to grace. I think, I think it's just big that we always keep in mind that, like, the verse, the Bible's pretty clear, like, the wages of sin is death. For all of these things, they, they deserve death and anything that they get that's less than that is grace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what, it sucks to get exiled from the garden, but that's still grace. Yeah. Um, and the punishment should have been death, and I think anything less than that is grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that we take for granted sometimes, is that we live our entire lives knowing that we should receive this punishment, but we just straight up don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's where God's grace is. Boom. <laughs> Next question, Elisa. <laughs> well, we're almost at the end. Um, I'm going to read literally just the first verse of First Peter. So I'm on the vision team with uh, Beale Young Adults. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention this. I lead the downtown group. Um, <laughs> these two mentioned their small groups. Downtown. Didn't even get a shout out. out. There we go. I don't know if they'll listen. <laughs> they listen to me enough. They're probably just like, oh. No, no. Oh, a podcast? Oh, that's so cool, Lisa. They'll listen to my Enneagram one. I know they will. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But um, uh, with the vision team, uh, so that's Stu and I, and then Gil, Tim, and I was going to say rest in peace to Evan. Evan (laughs) just moved to British Columbia. (laughs) Uh, Evan was on our team for a while, a little bit too. Um, But our vision team right now is studying First Peter. and this is just kind of the first verse in here that kind of talks about um, God's elect exiles. So I'll just read that verse. To God's elect exiles scattered through the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Christ Jesus and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. I hear Joel over there. I definitely thought that was Terabithia, not Bith, not Terabithia. Oh, that's all that was going through my mind. Yeah. So, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yes, First Peter. Um, already in this letter itself, um, it talks about how we are God's chosen exiled people. When we have chosen to have faith in Christ. Um, we then are the exiles um, in this way. And I talked about that earlier, how we are in a place of exile right now and will one day already, but not yet, um, be with Christ in fullness um, without sin. I'm going to read this last kind of um, note from Stu's notes. And then, I don't know, we'll just kind of give our final comments and 
say good night <laughs> so that I can go home and play Among Us. Or, or good day, whenever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, or good day. Or good morning. Or good morning. Good if afternoon. Weird and you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Good Merry Christmas. Guys. Happy Easter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Whenever you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this with your family. Maybe on it's 2025. Maybe it's 2021 and coronavirus is over in Canada. Maybe it's co- <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Not gonna happen, but yeah. it's okay. We'll be patient. We are exiled and longing for a true home. Faith in Jesus is the answer to find our way home. Mm. Um, so, any final comments about kind of this sermon or what we've talked about or just, you know, things that you gleaned from our kind of talk today? Mm. I feel like this made me extremely grateful more than I have been in the past just for God's grace because you look at how many stories in the first couple books of Genesis involved him watching his creation turn against him and see him walk away and yet he chose to have grace for us um, and continues to choose to have grace for us like I mean, all of my metaphors now kind of relate to marriage, but again, I'm going back to the socks thing. Same, mine all the way to marriage. Yeah, I was wondering about the socks thing. Okay, so Caden, when he comes home from work, he did labor for a little while and hated it, but he'd leave his socks, like, inside out, so it held all of the dirt and the stink, and so me, being the loving, caring, selfless wife that I am, would unfold them to make them right side in. And it was so, it's so disgusting. And I, it honestly, I talked to him about it. I'm like, please stop this. And then he doesn't. And so like, I have a hard enough time giving grace for something like that. Like I can't imagine being God and being like, okay, you're going to, you're going to go do that. Okay. Like, I don't know. I think it just gave me so much, not respect, I guess respect, but like gratitude for God looking down on me and being like, oh, you messed up again. Like, I still love you. I'm still going to have grace for you because I love you. Like, I can't imagine loving something that much that you're willing to be that bountiful in grace. And so I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that I took from looking over the people who were in the beginning of Genesis and comparing it to now. So I was looking in Proverbs 31 and I didn't see anything about socks inside out. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I have to add. I think I, I'm just being drawn to the whole faith in Jesus is the answer to find our way home. Um, I don't know. I did a talk this past week on, well, more or less just faith and kind of trusting God with everything because it isn't about, um, yeah, kind of just tying back to my point about Adam and Eve, it isn't about being good or being not bad. It's about following Jesus. Um, and it isn't about what you do, it's all about what he does. Um, and at the end of the day, that is the answer that finds our way mm-hmm. home. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have any more points to add other than that, but yeah. that's good. No. Oh, that's good. <sighs> well, thank you guys so much for listening um, to this podcast. We had recorded probably about 20 minutes um, of this before realizing that my card crapped out. So thank you for being so patient with me, my lovely guests. And thank you guys for listening to us ramble on. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was a good time. And I feel like we really got some in-depth, good 
talking. Um, and I look forward to listening back on it and editing it um, this week, um, especially cutting out all my Enneagram tangents. Um, I'll go for the Instagram. <laughs> yes, bloopers. Um, okay, well, I think we're just going to sign off. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, we will be back uh, in November, I believe. My guests may be Janae Kowalichuk and Abe Zabala, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, maybe we'll be back with the Lord by then. Who knows? Anyways. Whoa. That was dark. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was, see ya. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. That was very prophetic. Really You're right. To die is gain. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we're going to go. Thank you guys so much. And goodbye.